welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I'm Richard Davidson, and I'm joined by my good buddy, Elkin Beltry. Yes, Elkin, sir. How you doing? Doing good. Enjoying a nice Sunday afternoon. Chilling at home with the wife and baby. But excited that the NBA playoffs are starting tomorrow. Starting tomorrow. No basketball today. First time in a while. Get a little break. Gotta, gotta rejuvenate myself. Get ready for basketball because, as some of the listeners don't know, I am currently... I'm searching for a job, so I've been at home taking care of our son, and it just so happens that it's allotted me more time to catch up on some basketball games, especially those games that start at 1.30 Eastern time. Oh, yeah. I mean, in, in out west, you know, there's starting here, games start at 10 o'clock, and it's it's uh, it's it's a, it's a fun time. Uh, oh, but now, and, and I think we'll, we'll still get those early times in the first round, right? In the first round, they're still going the four games a, a day. Uh, second round, we'll get we'll we'll get some more of that prime yeah. time uh, play of basketball, which will be exciting. Couple couple of housekeeping things that we should mention. Uh, first, Ethan is not here. He is uh, I don't know where he is. He's in the, actually I do. He's he's in the boonies somewhere. Um, he, he's <laughs> he is in uh, one of the Dakotas. I think yeah, I don't saw know which one. I don't know why either. I, uh, Whitney asked me well, why is he in the Dakotas. I was like I don't know. It's just Ethan's out there. I don't know. Maybe Sintas made him uh, take a really, really long delivery. I, I don't know what they did, but he's <laughs> he, he's out. He's out today. One of the one of the few times that he is off the pod. But it's okay. We're gonna have a good time, and it, we we will throw some of the, some of his ideas and thoughts into this uh, into this pod. Fair enough. Fair enough. Let's go ahead and uh, briefly just get a couple things out of the way. Uh, some house other housekeeping things. The Kings. Vladi Divac is out. Joe Dumars. Joe Dumars is in. Yes, your boy Joe Dumars. Two phone Dumars. Two phone Dumars. How do, how do you feel about this as a, as your former head and charge GM of the of the Pistons? How do you feel this move for the Kings? Well, first off, it makes me a little bit sad that they're not going to take a big in this draft. Uh, now that was the one thing we could count on is the Kings always taking a big in every single draft. Uh, that Vladi was was in charge of. Um, now, you know, it's not a guarantee anymore. And so just 2020 throwing us for a loop again. But I think, you know, Joe Dumars being in charge, uh, at least for now, you know, he, he some good things he did, some bad things. Obviously, uh, people remember the Charlie Villanueva and, and Ben Gordon signings mm-hmm. um, that really did us under. You know, we'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see how, how that goes. Uh, but so he's in temporarily. Yeah. I think he'll probably run this offseason and as they look for someone else uh, to take the helm and maybe Joe Dumars will decide that he should take the helm who knows yeah I'm looking at his uh, history at the GM a basketball reference which you what the Kings need is a Joe Dumars from like 2000 to 2004 from that time Richard traded Grant Hill at the time people were like oh injured Grant Hill and got back Ben Wallace Traded Jerry Stackhouse and got back one Richard Hamilton. Traded away a first-round draft pick. And eventually, all these trades ended up with Rasheed Wallace in 2004. And, of course, Richard, you know the rest of that story. What happened for you guys. So if you can get him from 2004, 2004 is great because I looked at the rest of the history after that, and you don't want to see that. I don't want to read that. Oh, no, yeah. Ba- ba- basically, I mean, we, we, ha- we held, held it down for a little bit longer b- beyond that, obviously. Yeah. Um, 
but uh, basically when Ben Wallace went to Chicago, we lost him for that for that massive contract, which mm-hmm. didn't that did not work out for Chicago. Um, basically from that point forward, uh, things started to get started to get rough. Um, Ooh, yeah. Oh, Austin Day. Oh, the Ben Gordon. You're right. Chris Wilcox. Oh, bless man. You it was, guys. It, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. All now, right, all right. So he's in. Pelicans also made a decision. Alvin Gentry is out. out. Now, now there's questions about who's coming in. Mm. I just want to throw throw this out there. Go ahead. Because uh, David Griffin and one Mike D'Antoni used to be in cahoots in Phoenix back in the day. And oh. I will say, Mike D'Antoni is playing out the last year of his deal because Tillman Broke Boy Fertitta is running the show in Houston. And so, yeah, just I just want to throw that out there, be on the lookout. Maybe, maybe, maybe it's bringing in some Mike D'Antoni offensive guru magic and figuring out how to best utilize Zion going forward instead of just throwing it at him in the post and having him go in and either make it or take it or, you know, Go go in and charge whoever the defender is. Huh. I'll be I'll be that's an interesting interesting thought there of getting a Mike D'Antoni in there. I mean, you see this team. I think you kind of look at the Pelicans. I think it's going to be one of the one of the locations where you're going to have people interested in because you see the talent. Besides the obvious, like Zion. I mean, you have Brandon Ingram, first time All Star. You still have Drew Holiday on there. You have. A JJ is JJ Redick. Did he sign a multi-year contract? Yeah, he, he he's locked up one more year for thirteen yeah. million. You, you know, have JJ easy, Redick. easy to trade if if you know you find the. You have Derek Favors, of course. I, they have very young. They have a mixture of young talent and veterans that I like. Like Derek Favors and JJ Redick are like two veterans that you would want on almost any team, and they have. So I think they're gonna get some suitors. A lot of coaching suitors out there. Yep, they're they're in a very good spot. Very very good place uh, for sure. Um, so we'll have to we'll have to see. I mean, I, I don't know if if Anthony is the best fit. Maybe he is. I just there is that connection definitely uh, bet- between between those two guys. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we'll see. We'll see. David Griffith's charged. He's uh, made some good moves in the past. There's also connections between him and Ty Lue. So Ooh. Uh, those are all, all out there. Uh, so let's go ahead and, and set the stage here for us. Yes. Um, the Portland Trailblazers uh, fought and fought and fought valiantly, as did the Phoenix Suns, until the point that the Phoenix Suns were bounced because the Milwaukee Bucks uh, basically allowed Memphis to waltz into the play-in game. Hmm. Um, obviously, play-in game between Memphis and Portland, which was which was hard-fought close. Yep. Um, but in, in the end, uh, C.J. McCollum was too much for the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, injuries, you know, shut them down. Tyus Jones... Uh, be, being gone, uh, Jaron Jackson Jr. That's obviously going down. Yeah. Ho- hope he gets better. Uh, but all of it leads to Carmelo hitting an open three, Tatum uh, McCollum making some tough shots, and the Portland Trailblazers yeah. having a first round matchup with the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah. One thing, a uh, real real quick thing about the the Grizzlies. We know they're obviously not in anymore, but you gotta say this about them. That's another team where I'm looking at them and you're like the young talent they've collected. You're kind of happy because we all saw the reset happening when they got rid of Zebo, Gasol, Tony Allen way back, and and Conley. And now you kind of see like, okay, your John Morant, Triple J when he comes back, the Brandon Clark pick. They're getting solid bench players, bringing in Justice Winslow from Miami. Like these are things that I'm looking at. I'm like, okay, they're building something there. So that's a team where I'm looking at, kind of like the Pelicans. The future is bright. 
which is good because this is a franchise where you kind of were like, what are they doing? But now good draft picks have led him to to a good path. Yeah, and I mean, the only thing with Memphis is like, okay, some of the trades that they've made have kind of limited their mm-hmm. funds of what they can do, but they have a lot of players, um, people who I think, again, could be easily yeah. moved for pieces if, if you if you needed to, if you wanted to. And uh, they do have one, their first round pick this year, unless it goes, unless they jump into that top four range, yeah. mm-hmm. um, it's going to go to uh, to Boston. But who knows? Maybe they jump in and, and are able to add one more high level piece in this kind of you know difficult, weird yeah. um, draft. Uh, but so, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll mm-hmm. have to see how it goes there. But let's go ahead and uh, focus in on our playoff preview, right? Yes, We're going to go ahead and talk about each of these matchups and give our predictions mm-hmm. for what we think is happening, what we think is happening. We'll tell you what Ethan thinks is going to happen. And uh, we'll work our way through. Let's go ahead and start out west. Let's go ahead and start with this Lakers and Blazers uh, matchup. One versus eight. The Lakers won uh, two to one in in the regular season. Uh, we should mention Nurkic not playing in any of those yep. matchups. Um, we all have the Lakers winning. Ethan has them winning in five. You have them winning in six. Yep. I have them winning in five. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I feel like you know, the extra win, you're just putting some respect on on uh, Dame Lillard's name. But overall, we, we just we don't see that it's happening. And for me, it comes down to, okay, who on this Blazers team can guard LeBron? Like, and that's my only question. Yeah, they literally gave up the guys who could have guarded LeBron that they had last year. The guys who the bodies and now I think that's the main thing I'm looking at for who can guard LeBron and you and I had a discussion before the pod where you asked like who can guard LeBron and then I'm think and then I kind of said like well how's the Lakers back we're gonna do with the Blazers backcourt and it's almost I think you you brought it up you're like it outweighs that no one can guard LeBron compared to your Dame Lillard CJ McCollum and things like that you're like that's a much bigger thing on the Lakers side and I do think the Lakers are gonna win. I just I put the six because I do think you're gonna have a game where one game where Dame Lillard goes off and then another game where both Dame and CJ go off, and I'm gonna give them those two games. I mean, yeah, it comes down to like they the Blazers have difficult shot makers, and if they can make difficult shots throughout the course of the series, okay, then this becomes okay. Now we're talking, but I just Grant having Nurkic back helps with Anthony Davis. Right? Yeah. You, you, you can take the beating. They have the bigger guys. I don't really want to see Hassan Whiteside. He was very, very bad. But, you know, they've got him as a body. Yep. Uh, I am just concerned that, again, there, there's no one. We've got Melo. We've got Mario Hazonia. Um, Gary Trent Jr., phenomenal defender of guards. Mm-hmm. I don't think he can do a thing against LeBron James. I, I mean, it, it's LeBron James. We're, we're, we're talking about, and I know that he's struggled in the bubble so far. Uh, I know that the Lakers haven't really, um, you know, wiped teams off, you know, wiped the floor with some of these teams. But at the same time, I just think to myself, who in the world is going to be able to stop LeBron James? Not, not a soul. There's not one soul. And because of that, I don't know if I could see the shot making that this team has has been doing. All right, the, the Blazers have been making t- tons and tons of shots, but you can see at the end of every single game, they're just they're worn out. They don't have the depth. They don't have 
that wing defender. Maybe if it was a year from now they had Sadiq Bey on their team, I'd be comfortable, a little more comfortable than, than I am now. But the, just, they're just nobody. I'm not ready to, like, Carmelo, it's been nice to see him find a role here. But the reason why Melo wasn't, his services were not being asked for all around the league is because Melo's not going to be able to do all the other things that he needs to in order to, uh, you know, he's not able to defend. He's not going to necessarily out there making other people better. He's going to be a play finisher and, you know, doing some doing some post-up, turn, turn around, making difficult shots along the baseline. That's fine. I just don't think that they have anyone to guard LeBron James, and I think that's why it's 7-5. Yeah, and I'm also looking at, I mean, the Blazers tend to start Nurkic and Collins. I think Collins gets a lot of those minutes at the four, and the Lakers, we know they start McGee and Davis, and if Davis is matched up with Collins as well, I think that's another matchup where I think the Lakers are going to exploit that matchup. Like Collins, developing young player, and I'm looking at the Blazers lineups to see who have they been using. So, I mean, e- even even in in uh, yesterday's game, mm-hmm. uh, Collins had an ankle thing, ankle inflammation. Yeah. He couldn't come back in the second half. And we had Wenyan Gabriel, rookie out of Kentucky, yeah. uh, who who looked very, very uncomfortable being out there on the floor in a big moment in a big game. I don't think he's going to all of a sudden become more comfortable considering Crawford seeing Anthony Davis. I mm-hmm. feel as though they're going to have to try to do some weird Nurkic Hassan Whiteside lineups, which they did as well, mm-hmm. and where Whiteside is taking the center and Nurkic is taking Anthony Davis. I feel like that's going to be the type of thing that you're going to be seeing uh, quite a bit. And again, the bigs are not why I'm worried in like, you know, I feel like the Blazers, because they just because they have Nurkic and because he's played so well, you know, probably a you know, po- positive defender on Anthony Davis, considering all the mm-hmm. other people who, like, we have no idea what the Clippers are going to be able to do against Anthony Davis. Uh, like, that's a big question. Some of these other teams, like, they don't have the bodies. You know, maybe the Nuggets do it with, with Jokic, but, like, I, I don't know. I just, yeah. it, it's it's the LeBron James matchup that, that I just yeah. think it's over. I mean, at least Danny Green, KCP can be out there. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you can throw Caruso, get some minutes on, on some of these, uh, you know, Blazers, Guys, it's just there's no one against LeBron. Yeah, fair enough. All right, next matchup, the two seven in the West, Clippers versus Mavs. Um, the Mavs easily won the season series. I won't say easily, but they won season series. The Clippers, 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 yeah, won the season series three zero. Now in this, Ethan has a clean sweep. I got a gentleman sweep, but you're gonna say it's more competitive than we think it's gonna be. Now, now I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you speak up first on that, Richard. So go ahead. So I've got Clippers in six. Uh-huh. Um, so let's not get ahead of ourselves. For me, this is just again me putting a little more respect on Luca's name Fair because enough. what I'm concerned about is so this is probably the worst matchup for Luca in particular hmm. because you look across the floor and we've got Kawhi Leonard, we've got Paul George, and even a Pat Beverly who is you know going to be frisky and, and just make life difficult. If if you tell Pat Beverly, Pat, I need you to go ahead and uh, I need you to make Luca uncomfortable. He's gonna do his best to try it. Now, um, I don't know if he'll be he'll be that successful, but again, you've got the other wings out there as well, and they can take turns if they need to. Like, I just it, it's a, it's an awful matchup for Luca. Granted, this is the best offense um, in the history of the league per off per offensive rating, um, and 
and so I, I think that, you know, it, Luca's shown that he can play in some difficult matchups mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, still, still put up, still put up a bunch of points, still make life difficult. I just don't think that they have a shot against the Clippers in reality. Yeah. But I think that if they get to six games and Luca, you know, can go out and ball out in, in, in a few games, uh, as well, even in losing efforts, uh, that'll, you know, people will feel better. But if it ha- ends up being a gentleman sweep or, or a complete sweep, I just need to remind everyone, let's not trash Luca and just say, oh, well, maybe maybe it's not for real. No, it's for real. It's just yeah. that the Clippers are so are, are that good, okay? The Clippers literally have the guys who can match up well with them. That's yeah. It. Yeah. It's, it's, it's the perfect... I mean, we, we saw what those guys can do against mm-hmm. LeBron, right? And um, so... Those Clippers wing defenders are very, very good. And Montrezl Harrell, I believe, should be should be back yep. by the time um, Game One starts. Obviously, he may need to get back a little back into the swing of things as far as his conditioning and stuff. We saw what happened with you know Zion not playing for a little while. Uh, maybe don't you know maybe Harrell being more more of a veteran, knowing how to take care of himself, maybe a little bit better, perhaps. Uh, he, he but the Clippers just have so much depth. Like they're gonna have the guys who whoever the the first guy is to not play on this team whether it's the ninth or tenth guy whoever it is how i don't know how how tight the clippers make their lineup is still going to be like someone who could be making a difference on another team because yeah. they just have that much depth yeah and th- that's I, the thing like yeah i mean sorry to cut you off but i think when looking at it for me the five games is largely a product of their depth right now is just once their starting lineup starts sitting players and you see who they're bringing in you're like the starting lineup can compete with some of the teams that were in the bubble. Sorry, this bench unit can compete. And for me, it's one of the reasons why, and I don't want to say too much about what I said later rounds, but why the Clips, I think most people have them going far because of of what they bring as a complete team. And then the playoffs, I know in the playoffs you tend to t- tighten up your rotation, but this is a team that will probably play like eight, nine players throughout the playoffs. One one other like kind of X factor thing is mm-hmm. can Kristaps Porzingis? What's that going to look like? Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the the Clippers aren't people who have bigs, but like, are they going to be throwing Kawhi on on him and Paul George on uh, you know on Luca and and try, trying to go about it that way? Mm. Maybe who who knows how the Clippers will try to handle that? But I feel as though if we're going to get to six games, if we're going to see a Mavs team coming out and actually providing some resistance. Um, Porzingis and yeah. Luca need to be having great games. Yeah. And, um, we'll see. And Porzingis have been, have been doing fairly well in the bubble. That is one thing. Like the last few games he has been, I mean, I mean, that's kind of expected when you have a big injury like that. It normally takes like a year, a year and a half to get back to normal playing. And then after that, you got to get used to the speed of the NBA. So I get that, but I think it's going to be a more interesting series uh, than a sweep. That, that's why I can't I can't go completely on a sweep, but but we'll see. Uh, now the three six matchup, Nuggets versus Jazz. Nuggets won that season series three zero, and they they played in a real thrilling double overtime game in the bubble as well. But Ethan had the Nuggets winning in five, and Richard, both me and you, had the Nuggets winning in six. Now one of the things I brought up with the Nuggets is. They don't have their complete team yet. As we know, Gary Harris and Willie Barton, they have not been playing. And I mean, this has 
this has helped other players get more playing time, but they have not been playing as much, or they haven't played. I think I don't think they played at all during the bubble. Yeah, I, I've I've not seen. I know Willie Barton's been out at least the full time. Harris I haven't been keeping as much tabs on, but uh, yeah, I don't think he's yeah. played much if at all. Um, it, I mean, obviously, like you said, it's allowed people like Michael Porter Jr. to come in, mm-hmm. and I feel as though he's got to be inserted in, into the starting lineup uh, upon return. Uh, and obviously, we know the the super large matchup that the Nuggets could throw out there because they did that pretty 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 fun mm. in, in some of those opening games. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't think we see tons of bowl bowl in the playoffs. Uh, I'm just going to say that, but, um, the, the, the nuggets as a whole, even with, um, Harris and, and Barton, a little unsure of their health. I, I just think that they're going to be too much. I mean, we got to recognize that, uh, the absence of Boyan Bogdanovich is, is looming large for this jazz yeah. team. Like they're suffering, uh, in, in that regard as well. And I don't think that they're going to have someone to guard Michael Porter Jr. Like I think that that's going to be uh, um, someone who act, you know he obviously is coming onto the stage right now, uh, playing extremely well in the bubble. I think mm-hmm. he even made like second team all all bubble whatever yeah, whatever I think so. those awards came out. Mm-hmm. And I think that this is a perfect matchup for him uh, in this opening series to come out and and sh- show his stuff. I just don't see the Jazz as being healthy enough, being complete enough, missing Boyan a whole lot. Uh, I, I just the Nuggets wanted this matchup. They kind of they find ways at the end of seasons to kind of orchestrate their matchups. They mm-hmm. did it last year, trying to find themselves, um, you know, uh, on the opposite side of of the Warriors, um, and so they kind of, they kind of have orchestrated that and done that here as well. I, I just think that the Nuggets are going to be too much when it's all said and done. Maybe, you know, give a couple games just because of health of Harris and Barton. Maybe they yeah. try to integrate them and things don't work out quite as well. Those guys aren't quite as ready. Uh, you know, so maybe, maybe there's some of that stuff. But I just don't see a way that the Jazz are able to pull out and, and win. Yeah, the, I feel the same way. And, and just watching the Jazz games, I mean, the Jazz are well coached. But when they're matched up against the... The Nuggets, the Nuggets just know how to play against them. I mean, you see the season series how it went, and even without Harrison Barton and and Jamal Murray, he missed some time during the bubble, but he's back now as well. So that's of course going to help out the Nuggets even more. But for me, this this might be a series. This might be one of the series that doesn't get as much airtime on TV as far as on a more prominent network, just Nuggets and Jazz. Now the last series, a four-five matchup, is a spicy matchup here. Rockets versus Thunder, the Chris Paul revenge series, as I, as we're going to call it. Now, the Thunder did win the season series 2-1, but we have to point out this is all before the Capella trade. All games were played before Capella trade. Now, Ethan has the Rockets winning in six. I have the Rockets winning in six. But Richard has the Thunder winning in seven. Now, that, I'm intrigued. I am intrigued by it. Okay, so, so I mean, before the Capella trade, mm-hmm. obviously they're trying to figure out how to best utilize Russ. Russ was yeah. not good in, in, in this, mm-hmm. uh, you know, before the Capella trade situation. Like, once they traded him, um, and a little beforehand, when they when they were, when Capella was not playing and they basically just kind of went small, yeah. but before they were able to get Robert Covington to have a complete kind of uh, roster to surround that, you know, Russ was bad. And that's the thing. Russ's quad is not really putting him out there. So I, I view these as games very similar mm. to the pre-Capella trade 
where the Thunder have a slight edge. I view Chris Paul as being, again, he really, really, really wants this game. Uh, sorry, th- th- this series. Yep. Being traded away from Houston, like, he's taking this stuff personally. Um, I, like, you know, the, the, the whole the whole uh, last dance Michael Jordan, that's why I took it personal. <laughs> like, so this, this is that moment for Chris Paul right Fair here, enough. right? Yeah. So, like, they, they wanted this matchup as well. Um, and you know, I just, I just think that they, that they can handle it. I think that they can handle them. I don't think that, you know, ha- having, uh, Roberson Robertson there as well, just another body that, that can be out there without Russ being there. Cause a lot of the decisions that have been made have been made with Russ in mind without knowing his health, if he misses a couple of games or it just isn't right. Like we've seen what this quad injury yeah. can do. Uh, we think of Kawhi Leonard, think, think of, um, uh, obviously, a com- when uh, a complete rupture that happened with um, Tony Parker, obviously, yep. but uh, and I mean, obviously, Ol- Oladipo is kind of coming back from that mm-hmm. thing as well. This is nowhere near that, but like having quad issues, this was one of the concerns of the NBA teams in the bubble. In, in the bubble, with coming back these soft tissue injuries that just take time to heal. You can't rush them. Because they're not going to be healthy, they're not going to be ready. With someone like Russ, who's a very quick twitch type of player, I just don't see how they can rush him back. And if if you if you've got that, it's it's going to be I think easier to scheme against uh, James Harden. You know, maybe making life difficult on him, especially when you don't you don't have a pick and roll opportunity like you had in Capella, even la- you know in in years previous. Yeah, and that's what that's what I'm looking at. I mean, cause they're not going to, it'll be dumb if they rush back Russell Westbrook. Cause then you're, that's an investment. You could cost further injury, but even if he comes back, like you said, uncertainty is going to be the same player. And even just watching them, the Rockets without Russell Westbrook, they're a different team. I mean, in the bubble, got a chance to watch some of the Pacers Rockets game, which the Pacers squeaked out a four point win. But yeah, it was great that James Harden had himself, a 45-point game. He even had 17 rebounds, made seven threes. But then you look at, like, who else does he have there, and he doesn't really have as much. Like, yeah, there's some guys who are, I mean, you have your Eric Gordon, Robert Covington, but you kind of feel like this team is primed to struggle against a team like the Thunder who are able to throw multiple bodies at James, who have guys who can like a Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis-Alexander can break down the defense on their own. Go ahead, Richard. Just one more thing, breaking news coming across here that speaks to uh, the matchup we just talked about, Nuggets-Jazz. Mike Conley departed this morning uh, uh, and went to Columbus, Ohio for the birth of his son. So Conley's going to miss at least the first two games, likely to miss the first three games. Um, So just one fewer player, Jordan Clarkson, a lot of him. In that uh, doesn't doesn't really change anything for me, um, but I just wanted to mention that as well since we were mm-hmm. pretty close there. Okay, so so, so there's that. Mm-hmm. Back to Rockets Thunder. It's gonna be fun. Yeah. That just this whole matchup, and in the end, are we gonna find that the Rockets traded away Chris Paul, draft picks, and a first round uh, playoff victory, <laughs> handing it to the Thunder uh, for Russell Westbrook? I don't know. It's gonna be gotta stay tuned. Well, I got to say, tune in indeed. Uh, so, yeah, I got Thunder in seven. Um, 
I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with that one. I think it's a fun one to man. To you're ride, you're slowly, for. man. You might be slowly convincing me to pick the Thunder instead of the Rockets. I have Rockets in six, but I'm contemplating switching over. Oh, an enticing. Oh, I don't know. I, mean, I, I just look. So, so Eric Gordon is co- co- coming back, right? He mm-hmm. I think he played the last couple of games. I, I, he, I mean, again, just him, his him him being a body out there that's helpful. Uh, but unless he is on it, playing extremely well, like the Eric Gordon of old, which he hasn't all season really. He's played pretty poorly. Yeah. I just don't. I just don't see them having the guys if Russell Westbrook is, is out. So. I don't know. You you can you can do whatever you want with yeah. that. I got Thunder in seven. I don't think it will matter once we get past round one, though. Hmm. Yeah, round one is going to be after that's over. Did you want to go over then for what we think is going to happen the rest of the Western Conference side? Yeah, let's go. Let's go ahead and just do that. Um, let's go ahead and do the rest. So so we're so we've got what we think. We think that Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets. You and Ethan think Rockets. I think Thunder. Mm-hmm. are making it to round two. Yeah. So from that point, uh, we're going to go ahead and tell you how we think the rest of the playoffs is, uh, in the West is going to is gonna roll through. So Ethan has Lakers over the Rockets. Uh, Clippers over the Nuggets is what I assume. He actually didn't tell us. He just texted it, messaged mm-hmm. it to us, didn't specify. I'm going to assume that he's got Clippers over Nuggets. If he needs to correct it, he can he can correct that before uh, round two. Um uh, go go ahead and start. Uh, Lakers over Clippers because uh, he's got the Lakers as the representative out of the Western Conference. Okay, what do you have? I have the Lakers over Rockets, um, Clippers over Nuggets, which is the one, of course, that we all believe is going to happen. And then I have Clippers over Lakers. I I'm still under the belief that the Lakers that the Clippers are going to be too much for the Lakers. I'm gotcha. still I still see that happening. For for me, I got Lakers over Thunder. Uh, I don't think that'll be too difficult uh, of a series again. Um, I, I just LeBron James, Anthony Davis can be too much there. Uh, I got Clippers over Nuggets pretty pretty easily as well. Um, those wing defenders, I think, will Michael Porter Jr. will finally get someone who can defend him and, and, and shut him down. And uh, while Jokic is going to be going to be tough, I just don't see the Clippers struggling too much with 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 their depth and. With how talented talented they are up, up up in their starting lineup, but I got Clippers over Lakers in a hard fought seven game series. Yeah. I think the Clippers are the representatives. So I agree with you there. Um, yeah, I just think that their depth is too much, and I'm uh, I that's where I become a little bit concerned with the Lakers just in their ability to match up. Uh, obviously, Anthony Davis just needs to carry them um, in that series with with having the matchup advantage. I just think that the what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard can do against LeBron James making his life incredibly difficult. I think that LeBron will want to you know he'll know that it's going to be difficult and try to make Anthony Davis do it. I just don't know if Anthony Davis will be able to um to overpower them. Yeah. So I got the Clippers, you got the Clippers. Ethan has the Lakers um out west. Let's go ahead and go out east. All right. And that 1-8 matchup, the NBA TV series that we might be getting, the Bucks versus Magic. And the Bucks won the series 4-0. And both, all three of us have the Bucks in four. So, Rich, is there anything you want to say to the Magic? Well, so, so I was in this position a year ago, right? Uh-huh. It, was, it was Bucks-Pistons. And, unfortunately, 
we were in a similar situation where one of our best players, one of the, our guys who we would probably match up against Giannis, was out, at least to begin with. Blake Griffin basically had member foam mattress around his knee uh, by the time he came back in game three and four. <sighs> you just, we just, you know, you could put together a solid half um, and, and you know, put together a good half. First half looks like, you're, looks like you might be able to squeak out a win. And then you just get demolished in the second half because they finally realize, okay, we really don't want to play extra games here. Uh, so I just don't see a way Magic make it fun. Like it was a fun series where Jackson had a couple of, you know, had a putback dunk to end, end, end the first half in game four. It was, you know, we, we had the uh, Blake Griffin ref you suck meme that was going on. That, that, <laughs> wow. Uh, and so it was, it, was, it was a good time, fun time had by most, um, but it's going to be a sweep. So, uh, you know, without Jonathan Isaac, uh, which is disappointing, we, we've been st- we've had that matchup stolen away Man. where Jonathan Isaac can't be the one to go out and defend. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a sweep. I don't know what else. I don't know what more to say. Yeah, let's just hope it's a fun sweep for the sake of all of us enjoying basketball. I, I hope I hope we can get um you know a DJ Augustine game again, something, something of that nature. That 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 was fun for the Magic last year. You know, stealing a win a game when a win away from Toronto. Um, you know, again, just make it fun. Going with zero expectations, and you know, hope hope some fun stuff happens. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Now. Uh, we're moving on to two seven matchup: Raptors versus Nets. Uh, Ethan has this as a clean sweep for the Raptors. I have Raptors in five, and Richard, you have Raptors in six. Now the Raptors did win the season series three one, and Richard once again. I feel like normally what I've noticed is you're normally the one who puts more more games in in the matchups. But go ahead, explain your Raptors in six pick. Yeah. Okay. So I, I mean, maybe this is just an issue of me um, want, wanting just m- more more basketball games <laughs> to be played. Um, I, let me all, let me also be clear: the Raptors are going to have a clean handle on this. There's zero mm-hmm. for me. There's a zero percent chance the Nets win this series. The only reason why I'm throwing Raptors in six out there, even though it's probably more likely to be Raptors in five or something like that, is first of all, you saw how how. Um, much the Nets want it, right? Mm-hmm. You see them coming out against Portland and really giving them a game. Uh, that's fun. But, and and so uh, on Twitter, this guy uh, at Matt Brooks NBA tweeted, tweeted this out the other day. He said, the Toronto Raptors are ranked 30th in half-court offense against a zone defense per synergy. 30th, dead last, paging Jacques Vaughn. Oh. That was that was that was what he tweeted out, and I was like, you know what? You, you know, you would have thought that as much as Toronto likes to run zones, that they would be better against you know trying to deal with it in practice yeah. and stuff like that. But no, I guess they're dead last, and you know the the Nets are not obviously they have Jacques Vaughn is there, not Kenny Atkinson, but the, the Nets are not ha- haven't ever um, you know been a team to shy away from running a zone. So uh, I feel like that's something that you're going to be able to see. Maybe it gives the Raptors a little bit of difficulty if, if that's you know if, if that's really an issue. And with that being said, maybe they steal a game, maybe, maybe two games. Um, two maybe, is maybe pushing it. A little bit two ambitious. is pushing it. Two is push. I can see a game. We talked about that Karis Levert game, or everything goes well for the Nets. But we'll see. 
You're right. I mean, th- these are the defending champs. Maybe I should have Raptors in, in five. I probably should have Raptors in four. You know, give the defending champs some respect. Yeah, put some respect um, on their name. The defending champion Toronto Raptors is how I will refer, refer to them from now on <laughs> the rest of this pod. Uh, but I, I believe that the Nets are going to bring it. And, you know, maybe you steal a game. Maybe you get extra lucky you steal two. I don't know. That's fair enough. Fair enough. All right, let's move down to our 3-6 matchup Celtics versus Sixers. Now, both Ethan and I have the Celtics in five. And Richard, you got the Celtics in six. But the Sixers did win the season matchup one to three. So, this is where season could the season be kind of deceiving in what we get, but we are missing some key players, though, so that's another thing. Right? I, I think that's what it comes down to. I mean, yeah. Ben Simmons not being there um, while I am curious how it allows Joel Embiid to be able to just get to work in the post and put shooters and, and you know spread the floor around, I am curious to see what that looks like offensively. And you know the Celtics notably do not have you know centers that can that can like Daniel Tice, nice five million dollar player, mm-hmm. fun, not going to be able to hold Joel Embiid if Joel Embiid is healthy and locked in. And I think. With this being, I, I just I don't know why. I feel like there's always a little bit of beef between Embiid and Simmons. <laughs> and if Embiid could go out and just show how good I can be without Ben Simmons there offensively, like how, you know, I just feel like with it being more open, Joel Embiid is going to be able to make the right read, make the right pass, and just destroy an old ties down low. I not have to be spreading out to the to to the perimeter because Ben Simmons is taking up space in the interior. Maybe maybe he can find his role better without Ben Simmons offensively. But the issue is no Ben Simmons on defense yep. means that these wings, the perimeter defenders. Obviously, you have Matisse Thybul, who I'm in love with, who who I loved from the beginning. Um, he'll be out there, but he's just he's just one man, right? Yep. You've got to have Tobias Harris be able to to, to cover other guys. Uh, obviously, maybe Al Horford's out there as well. The Shake Milton experience is I'm not sold. Josh Richardson obviously is some. I just think that you're one wing defender short, and I think that's where in the Sixers uh, having the edge in the regular season. I think it really came down to Ben Simmons, uh, that extra wing defender being really really helpful and useful yeah and i so i obviously i don't think that they they, they do it but i think a couple of joel Embiid games where we think to ourselves oh maybe the answer is let's go ahead and try to trade ben simmons maybe the sixers kind of have that taste in their mouth by the end of this if they see that joel Embiid is um getting to work yeah. um maybe that's something maybe that's something that's put into their mind yeah and I think I had the similar worries as well. Looking at it, we all know that the Celtics have, I mean, your Gordon Haywards, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum that they're going to throw out there. And especially with the Tatum and Brown, I mean, you kind of look at those cross mashups. Yeah, you're going to have Tybal on one of those guys, but one of the other guys is just going to have more for, and we're not saying like someone Tobias Harris is an awful defender, but compared to Ben Simmons, what you get from Ben Simmons defensively, the next option after Ben Simmons and after after Matisse Tybel, it's 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 not it, 
I think it's a bigger step down that I'm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have Joshua Richardson that you can mm-hmm. throw on uh, Kemba, depending on maybe maybe it's Shake Milton, maybe Josh, maybe they get pushed mm-hmm. up and and have decent wing defenders. But now, ever Boston has length on all of those guys. Yep. Uh, and so they're really in a, a difficult, unique situation where Ben Simmons, you know, kind of catch twenty two. If you have him out there, you can be helpful, mm-hmm. helping you defensively. Although it should be mentioned, Ben Simmons was playing very poor defense in the bubble. Um, uh, not quite up to his uh, all-defense level that he was playing the rest of the season. So I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I I'm giving those two games just because I think Embiid can have some really good offensive games. Yeah. Um, that and, and maybe, maybe you know Boston's shooters, uh, Boston's wings have, have a couple poor shooting games. But I feel pretty confident and comfortable in the Celtics winning the series. And it seems like we all do. All right, and then the last matchup in the East. The hero ball matchup of the first round. There we go, Pacers versus Heat. Uh, Ethan has the Heat in five. I have the Heat in six, and Richard has the Heat in five as well. I know I should be picking the Pacers, but the Heat did win the season series one to three, and it should be pointed out that the Pacers' only win came against when the Heat were resting everyone during their last matchup in the bubble. The other games, yeah. when the Heat were taking it seriously, like I think only one other game came down to the wire. It was the infamous, I think, Goran Dragic made like a floater or a tip-in at the end. They were playing in Miami. But this seems like the Heat is a team that right now in the East, I would be scared of if I were some of the contenders out there in the, in the East because the Heat can match up very well across the board with, with the – for me, the Bucks and Raptors are the top team. So then, of course, with the Pacers, they can match up well. And the Pacers are also missing one Sabonis. The Monte Sabonis is out with what they believe, plantar fasciitis. And they believed T.J. Warren actually, not believed, they actually did say he has the same thing. And McMillan, Nate said he can play through it. But at this point, we're looking at if the biggest offensive scoring threat is not 100%. Victor Oladipo, you can tell he's still getting his legs back. And you have no Sabonis who was your all-star. This is prime for the Pacers to struggle. And that's why I'm very worried. But, of course, my pride as a Pacers fan couldn't give the Heat five games. I had to give the Pacers two games. I couldn't I couldn't give them. Of course. I couldn't do that. I couldn't do that. But how do you feel about this matchup, Richard? No, I mean, I feel, feel pretty similar. I mean, obviously, the only of the Pacers win uh, was a game that the Miami Heat also wanted to lose. They mm-hmm. lose that game which they did. They get the 20th pick in the draft versus the 25th pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. So, you know, everyone had the incentive um, uh, fr- from the get-go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pacers get to say, hey, we were a top, you know, top four team in the East, right? You know, <laughs> home court advantage of the year that it doesn't matter. Yep. Uh, and and so, yeah, it's it just – I don't think Warren is going to be fully healthy, obviously, dealing with that foot. Mm-hmm. And when you got to deal with that foot and Jimmy Butler – you know, really having it out for you, like that foot's going to hurt a little bit worse, I think. Um, maybe it's a mental thing. Uh, but, yeah, the no, no, no Sabonis is tough. Um, a lot, you know, it's, it's, I just think that it's a bad uh, situation. You're walking into it not healthy. Um, Nate McMillan did get that one extra year tagged on, yep. so, you know, feeling more confident uh, in him going forward where I think the front office recognizes this is a difficult situation mm-hmm. and – and so, you know, they'll do their best. Um, but I think that it's it's really, I don't think it's going to happen. 
I just don't. Yeah. Oladipo is not where he's not where he needs to be. Yeah. Um, if he had maybe a healthy Sabonis and Oladipo in All Star form, I would say, oh, this is gonna be a really great series because you're gonna have a lot of good cross matchups. But the Heat right now, I I, I believe they're on another level compared to the Pacers. That's just the that's just the truth. Yeah, I feel like you would need to have uh, you know Brogdon and Oladipo be going off because then that would then you know. Who, who do we cover Jimmy with? Um, you know, I feel like they're going to want to put him on TJ Warren mm-hmm. uh, just to, you know, really be messing m- messing with him. And so it would, you know, come to can't, – can you take advantage of the other matchups? The problem is that even though Miami's overall team defense is not phenomenal, you know, they 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 put it together, like the numbers, like they're ranked like middle of the league. Yep. Uh, but I, I just think that they're not really going to struggle. In, in this situation, in this matchup, yeah. uh, as as much so, yeah, that's how that's how I feel now. Let's talk about the rest of the Eastern Conference playoffs. All right, so um, we'll go through Ethan here. Ethan has uh, the following teams making it in: Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat. So Bucks Heat is that first matchup. Now, uh, I will say that I don't know if Ethan believes this number, but he said it. Because he had Miami advancing, so I asked him, "Well, how many games do you have Miami over the Bucks?" And he said, "I don't know, four. So uh, he's got Miami <laughs> over Milwaukee in four. I don't think he actually believes that number, but he said it, so we're throwing that in there. Uh, he didn't give us um, games for the rest of it, so, but he has Raptors over the Celtics. Then he has Raptors over Miami in the conference finals. Now, if Ethan were here. Um, uh, you know he could give us a little more explanation, but again, those matchups are going to happen a little bit later, so uh, we can we can hear from him uh, on on another pod. Elkin, what does the rest of your Eastern Conference um, look like? I got Raptors over Celtics. I didn't put games there, but I think that's going to be one in. I'm going to go five games actually. So Raptors over Celtics in five. I do have the Bucks over the Heat in seven, though. I mean, their matchup. I looked up the season matchups. I think the Bucks only beat the Heat once. Richie, you might be able to check up on that. or, or I'm, not, I'm not checking up on that. I'm no, sorry. No, no, you're okay. But looking up on it, I mean, you have a team that matches up well with them. And then I do have the Raptors over the Bucks one more time in the conference finals, and the Raptors making it back to the conference finals. And the Raptors, I believe, are going to beat the Bucks in six games. Once again, fair enough. I mean, all of that is is fine and dandy. Um, you know, I it's interesting to me that and maybe maybe I shouldn't be the defending champion Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. Uh, you and you and Ethan have them both going back. Seems like we're not believers in the Bucks. At least you guys don't seem to be um, quite quite as much. Mm-hmm. Let me go ahead and get to mine. So um, Raptors over Celtics. I got that happening in six. Again, I just think that the Raptors, uh, the, the the defending champion Toronto Raptors, their pedigree, their uh, you know, them knowing championship basketball, Celtics not quite there. The bigs um, in, in Toronto, the, the Toronto Raptors, the defending champ. I'm going to struggle with that the whole time. But <laughs> the, the the champs, uh, big men. I think you know just going to over overwhelm, overpower. They got the wing defenders. Um, there in uh, in Toronto, I think they got it. I've got Miami over the Bucks in seven. Um, 
let me just let me just throw this out to you. Now, this, again, this was pre uh, pre bubble here. Defense against Giannis Antetokounmpo, the best defender uh, in the league. One Bam Adebayo holding Giannis to 36% true shooting on 23 field goal attempts, only one foul uh, drawn. Um, I, I I just look at it. You know, this is there's a minimum number of possessions mm-hmm. uh, that they that they throw out here, and it's near the top. at some of the defenders you would. You would anticipate, you know, Joel Embiid is next, and and so like, Bam is is the guy. Now we should mention there was a there was a matchup against the Bucks and Miami earlier on where the, where Miami got a huge halftime lead, and then the Bucks came and wiped it out in the second half. Should mention Jimmy Butler and Goran Dragic both not playing in that game. Uh, I believe there might have been someone sitting out. Uh, I mean, I know that Eric Bledsoe. Uh, wasn't in, but maybe that maybe that was a helpful thing for the Bucks because playoff blood cell. We all know how that goes Ooh. from time to time. Don't mean to, you know, throw that out there, but I do. Um, I, I just view at I just view again that matchup. Bam, uh, being able to defend uh, Giannis at a level that no one else can. He's the perfect defender there for him. Uh, I think it just makes life difficult on the Bucks. Hard fought, hard fought uh, battle. I got Miami over the Bucks, so I have. Miami and Toronto, but I'm going Miami over the Raptors in seven. The champs. Let's over the Toronto. Ah, see, I really should have done it there. <laughs> I really should have done it there. Over the defending champion Toronto Raptors in seven. Um, going back to Toronto Raptors are ranked 30th in half court offense against the zone defense. I I just I think that you know maybe the Miami again Miami's a team who likes to throw out the zone. Uh, it helps helps out helps their, some of their weaker defenders. Uh, they're able to to play pretty well there. I think you can throw some of that stuff out there, make life difficult on the Raptors, the champion, uh, the champs. Um, I just it, it's it's a good matchup, and and while obviously you're gonna have uh, OG Ananobi guarding Bam uh, specifically to try to take away the the uh, uh, dribble handoff. Um, between uh, Duncan Robinson and, and Bam, like that's hugely important to the Miami's offensive success. Uh, I think that maybe the Raptors made a mistake in showing their hand, showing that matchup uh, in the game where they did match up in the bubble. I I wonder if that was a wise choice uh, by Toronto. Um, I I don't know. I I just am a little bit concerned. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that they that they showed that obviously Toronto Toronto beat Miami in that matchup earlier. Everyone was healthy, uh, beat them by four. I just I think Nick Nurse might have got a little ahead of himself. Maybe I know he's trying to do interesting things, but I just think maybe he shouldn't have. I got to, I got Toronto, uh, uh, the champion, the champs, Toronto Raptors losing in seven. Oof. So then this brings us to the finals matchup. Ethan's got Lakers. And Raptors, you got the Lakers winning. Elkin, you've got Clippers and Raptors. What do you have happening? I got Clippers beating the Raptors in six. That's what I got. That's what you got. Um, I have. I here's where I think the matchup is a little bit tough for Miami Heat. I've got Clippers over Heat in five. A little bit anticlimactic there, but so we've got we got Los Angeles teams winning, right? If mm-hmm. Ethan's going Lakers. Um, Obviously, he's not concerned 
at all about them if he's got them winning. I'm not concerned very much either. I just think the Clippers are better. And I wish he was Ethan was here to defend the Lakers because with both of us having the Clippers, I just feel like I feel like that's tough. For, for me, it's just the depth. Mm-hmm. The depth yep. of the Clippers, the high-level wing. Like the, This is a situation where wing play in the NBA is uh, – wing and guard play is some of the most important. And, I mean, in neither, either one of those matchups, you really don't have guards. Um, Lakers or Clippers, it's, it's wings. And then, obviously, you have a big in Anthony Davis – I just am not convinced that Anthony Davis is going to be able to do what he needs to to pull it off. Fair enough. Fair enough. And, man, if we get – and now, looking at these matchups, Lakers, Raptors, Clippers, Raptors, Clippers, Heat, I would be happy with any one of those three matchups in the NBA Finals. Yeah, I, I mean, it would be fun. I mean, again, would I think that the Heat being in would make people feel a little bit – like, if if my matchup was the matchup, I can already hear a lot of the the takes from Los Angeles Lakers, point of the world, you know, the, the, the LeBron James stands that are out there saying, oh, you know, this, you know, it's maybe maybe this championship is an asterisk there. I mean, you know, the Miami Heat made it in. Are they really uh, a top-level team? And, uh, I mean, obviously the Bucks are the losers out of all of this discussion that we've had. Um, where we apparently don't seem to be, you know, thinking that they're that, that they're going to be able to make it, which is which is tough. The, the number one team per record in in the uh, regular season not making it uh, into the conference finals even for two of us, and not making it, um, not making it to the finals for any of us. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel as though if um, if it was Clippers Raptors. I feel like there's there would be less of that talk, yeah. but um, and again, I, I I just think that there's enough asterisks every single year that you could throw on that you could throw an asterisk every single time. So I don't buy that as much. I just mm-hmm. think that that narrative would be a whole lot more if it was Clippers Heat uh, showing yeah. up instead of like Clippers Raptors or or Clippers Bucks, yeah, um, or or Lakers versus any of those teams as well. Again, if the Lakers were to play the Heat uh, in the finals and and win. I think you'd be hearing that from all the people who are anti-LeBron people Ooh, as well. Definitely. So it would it would be like, oh well, is that you know is that really um, an extra ring? So I mean, it, we're gonna see a lot. We're gonna hear that no matter what. Uh, I just hope that uh, people recognize. Yeah, hey, I, and I do find it interesting though. On one last point about that, a lot of the NBA players have actually been saying that winning a ring during the season is actually they're considering it harder because of the time he had off in between the resuming of the season, you're playing in that bubble atmosphere. You're Everyone's pretty much playing on a neutral court. So like you're really seeing which team is better. There is no home court advantage. And a lot of players are saying that, that, Hey, this is going to be harder. And I think that should be taken in. Like no matter who wins that, that championship was one that was hard fought on a neutral site where you had one of the possibly the weirdest NBA season we've ever had. Yeah, I just I just think that if that were to happen, and I, I agree with with that entire sentiment. I just think like that were to happen, and it seems like we have that that being an issue for Milwaukee, mm-hmm. uh, where they're not able to utilize any home court advantage at all. Yep. In 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 this matchup, um, and maybe running into a difficult matchup with Miami or the Raptors, who we think match up well with them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if if that were to happen, and they were to get knocked out. Then whoever just happens to be the default person 
uh, West, you know, the, the Lakers would have home court advantage, and that would be a home court series advantage against the Clippers. Yeah. All seven games in Los Angeles. I know that Clippers ticket holders get, but like that, you know, that's a Los Angeles Lakers town. Yep. Those games uh, in the Staples Center would be filled with Lakers fans galore. Like, I think the Lakers fans, if the Clippers are the ones to make it in, are really going to be ham- you know, hammering <laughs> back to that point home where yep. it's like, oh, well, the. the Obviously, you know, we didn't get the home court advantage that we deserved, we, we fought for, um, and, you know, Kawhi was kind of gifted this. And then, on, to, on top of that, now you get to play a team, not the Bucks because they couldn't get it as well. I, I feel as though you're going to get a little bit of that. Yeah, I can see, um, I see where you're coming from. That, that feeling, even though I don't necessarily buy it, right? Even yeah. though, it's like, okay, you should win. I mean... Does home court advantage really matter that much? I mean, you hear LeBron kind of talking it up all against the fans. It's a weird thing and whatever. I don't know. I I just I just think this is going to be a, a great playoffs um, uh, at a weird time, obviously, but uh, I'm here for it. Yeah, me too. Well, like we said, playoffs start tomorrow. And I know Rich is going to be hard for you with your schedule to catch some games, but I know as the series and the playoffs go along, you'll be able to catch more and more of those games, man. I'm excited for it. At least we got basketball back, and that's what matters to me. Yep. And I will tell you, I will uh, I will be watching uh, on Thursday the lottery, draft lottery oh, happening. Oh, draft lottery. Uh, just a few days away, and I'm ready for the Pistons to uh, to jump up. And it, let me just say, if the Pistons jump up uh, you know, to a high enough level, probably going to get an emergency podcast uh, happening, <laughs> uh, whether it's just me. Talking, or, or you know, whether whether anyone else wants to get on there to chat, this really only affects me. Um, you know, may, may, maybe there's some fun stuff happening mm-hmm. somewhere else, but yeah, that that will be happening. Now, if they if they just get dropped down to ninth, which is the lowest we can go, then you know, you probably just won't hear from me for a couple of weeks. So, <laughs> oh man, I'm hoping they'll drop. I hope they jump up and get you a top three pick. Yeah, it'd be fun. It'd be fun. It'd, it'd be fun. I mean, I, I kind of know where I stand with with the Pistons in this draft class, and and the directions that I want, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that more if, if, if it uh, warrants that discussion. So. Yeah. All right, Alvin, good talking with you. Good and, talking uh, to you as well. Ready for the playoffs. Definitely. Definitely.